Hello everyone, Sean and Tomo here. We've got another podcast for you. This week's is ex Shrewsbury, Motherwell, Preston, uh, Jamaican International, and also Kendall Towns manager Chris Humphreys. Um, so we're going to get to speak to Chris about where his, how he's coming to the um, professional game, which is kind of doing a bit of reading up and speaking to him before this. It's slightly different to what we've had before, as in he's come from um, quite a different upbringing, but we'll find out find out more from from there. Have you played against him, Tom, or do you think? Have you met him? Yeah, possibly. I probably would have definitely played him against Shrewsbury, because I, I remember him saying he played with Stu's woman, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he said. <clears throat> and I remember playing against Stu um, for Shrewsbury, well, against Shrewsbury, when it was at the, is it the old meadow or something? Whatever the what was the old ground called? That rings a bell. I'm not sure. So I probably would have played against him in that sense. The Preston. I'm not sure when he was at Preston, to be honest. Um, is it Preston? He between 2013 and 16. 13 and 16. Idiot Wickham. No. Might have played against him. That was when I I I left. I left Wickham. No, I didn't. I left Scunny. He definitely wasn't there then. He might have been there with Paul Hayes. I think I left 2000... No, I left 2012-13 is when I left. Left left where, sorry? Scunny. Well, I left Scunthorpe, yes. 2012 was when I left. I signed for Bradford. Um, yeah, so I don't... If I'd played against him, it probably would have been in a cup game. Looking... Just looking through when he was at Berry, Berry 2017, might have been when he was. Because he kept sort of, he kept going. He came down, he came into the English League, didn't he? At Shrewsbury, and then he went up to Scotland, and then came back down, and went back up. Yeah, he went to to Hibs. Yeah, after Preston. <clears throat> no, it'd be good. Be good to uh no, be good like someone who's who's been in the professional game and who's now who's now manager. It'd be it'd be good to pick his brains. Yeah, and I didn't actually realise his age. He's only he's, he's only a year older than me. He's only thirty three. Yeah, young pup, isn't he? Um and he's been in management for a so maybe his third year. I don't know, I'll have to I'll have to ask him. Um but he was up at up at um, Gretna. I think that's maybe his his first managerial job. Um, yeah, just to pick his brains about that, obviously, with what we experienced at Bradford Park, haven't you? You know, new manager, young managers going in there. It'd be nice, interesting to see what he has to... Yeah, well, I, I, I know a bit about the Gretna scene because most of the time, like Penrith, when I was playing at Penrith, a lot of people would get approached by Gretna because it was just literally just over the border from, um, from Carlisle. <laughs> And also a lot of people coming the other way, and it, he, they always signed him on on contracts, if I remember rightly. Um, so I know a few times I got asked to go up, and Chris even asked me to go up two, three years ago and sign for him. But I was always told that it's quite a bit of a nightmare to get out of it, if if you know what I mean, because you're contracted, you have to play obviously for your contract, but then if if say a club came in for you, it's not as straightforward as going, 
right, I'll go to that. Oh, do you need, do you need clearance? You need the international clearance, which can take up to, I don't know, uh, weeks well, or like months. A minimum, minimum of two, at least two or three weeks, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know how it how how it was getting players in. I, I know quite a few people who played played up there um, under him. Um, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to good to find out. He's here. He's here. My man's here, is he? He's here. Here he is. Hello, mate. Are you all right? All right. Yeah, how are you? Sorry, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks you. Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Good. Thank we're, you. We're just discussing. We didn't know whether have you played against Tomo before? Have your paths crossed in the football league or not? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm a little bit old for you, mate. I'm a little bit old. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What clubs, Tomo? Um. Well, um, I think round about the t- I might have played at your Shrewsbury earlier days. You were there with Shrewsbury, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. So that would have been, well, you'll only been young lad. I've been 18. Yeah, young lad. Um, so were you there at the old ground before they transferred? In from... Yeah, yeah, I was there at Game Meadow, yeah. Yeah, that was it, Game Meadow. I said that to you, Sean, didn't I? Yeah. Now, I think I remember playing against Stu in, in that game, because obviously I was with him at Morecambe earlier than that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Shrewsbury was one of them bogey teams. Never get a result against your home or away. I used to love playing... To be honest, it was it was uh, it was brilliant watching teams come to Gay Meadow because they'd come out, they'd look at the pitch, and then we'd won already because it was yeah, horrendous. Yeah, it's 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 class having that kind of home advantage. Yeah, I had the same. I had the same when I was at Scunny. Small ground, you know, change rooms were small. You could tell the players and managers were just like, oh, I'm not fancying it today. Yeah, and massively. You know, had, had that advantage straight away, so you were kind of. We played to our potential here, and, we, and you could you could get a win. But I definitely, I, I definitely had that feeling when I used to go there, and I was really happy when you change when you change grounds. To- <laughs> Everybody was, and that's when we started. I would say not struggling, but that's when we started. We we lost that little bit of a of an edge. Um, and to be honest, when we were at Gate Meadow, when I first went to Shrewsbury, we had those sort of players for that sort of pitch. If that makes sense, like your drums yeah. and. And, and players like that where it was, uh, yeah, they, they, they suited that just hard as nails, played a certain way. Um, and like I say, like, and if, 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 if it was ever raining or whatever, it was just a nightmare. And that's why I hardly played at Game Meadow because it wasn't really built for wingers. And I was an old-fashioned winger, even as a young boy, for running with the ball. So... Gary Peters at the time, who was our manager, he um, he just played a certain way, direct, long ball. Don't know if you remember him, but Derek Asamoah was up front. Yeah, yeah. So, unreal player. Like, you used oh, to bang player, in yeah. behind for him. And he used to do his his, his magic and um, Dave Edwards used to be in centre midfield. So, we had, a, we, had a, we had a decent team, but they were all a certain type of player. Um, suited that. So, when we moved... It took us, so the year we moved there, we kind of struggled at the new ground. And then my last year at Shrewsbury, we, that's when he kind of brought in Grant Holt um, yeah. and all these players like that. We had uh, Shane Candle, Sheriff. Yeah. And actual, we actually had 
a few ballers in the team then. Um, and, and, and then we went from there. And probably our best player at the time was, uh, was Muzza. Um, what's his first name? Murray. Is it, was he at Morecambe um, as a coach? Um, Paul Murray, centre midfield. He played in the Prem as well. For, I can't remember if it was QPR or, um, or Crystal Palace, one of them. Right. Um, little, little tiny centre mid, but he was an absolute baller, picker pass from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then so that's that's when we checked that last year, and that's when we went um, got to the player final again. But it's only because we had to change it completely on the new pitch. Yeah. But that though, ain't it been able to adapt? You need to adapt, don't you? So oh yeah, massively. Different pitches, all that kind of stuff now. Yeah. With Drummy, I knew getting out of Drummy as soon as he got the ball, he probably wouldn't even have a touch. I was quick, probably like yourself, winger. I just yeah. set off as soon as he got the ball. Never very rarely took a touch. He'd just help it on. Yeah. Um, but he was box to box. God, he was fit. Oh, yeah. Pre-season, he used to annoy the hell out of me. He was one of them ones. And he, like, what have you done pre-season? He's like, nah, not a lot. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll run with you then. You know, you get pre-season, you yeah. fight running, buddy. And he was at the front and you no one could get anywhere near him. And I was like, you lying. <laughs> and he's like, I haven't, I haven't done anything. He was just naturally fit. Yeah. For that. Still hearing for that for the day because to the day because I used to be trying to be at the front then and he could yeah. go backwards and backwards and backwards and he's just taking off. Well, he used to he used to always moan at me because that's like I, I was only eighteen when I was there, um, and I was only there with him for I think he left after my first season there, um, and I'll always remember him. I mean, he always used to moan at me in preseason because preseason wasn't my thing, like. I was horrendous. 15 pre-seasons I've had and I was rubbish at every single one. It just, long distance and all that sort of thing just wasn't it. Must be a quickie thing. Must be a quickie thing because... Yeah. And it was horrendous. Years and I'm not interested. You know, I'm not. And that was me. And <laughs> and all the work in pre-season just used to kill me off. Like, I didn't like doing it. So I used to... What I found that helped me was I used to play five sides a lot. So I used to just play fives in the summer and then I used to go yeah. back and I was at a decent fitness level to then build on that through pre-season. So yeah. I found that helped me. I found I got more fitness from that because it's very fast-paced um, than, than like just going and running for miles. Like So when I used to come back, he used to moan, oh, I'm this age and this and that, and you're at the back. And I was like, yeah, but I can't help that. Just the way, no, your attitude stinks. <laughs> well, you can imagine what drums was like. He was just, oh, yeah, he was yeah. just like that. Well, massive. He's about six foot 12, and I yeah. massive. So, one of his strides is like three or four hours. Yeah. He used to play with the massive knee pads on as well. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was, like you just said, then it took me a while to get into something that I found helped me in pre season. Yeah. Because I, I used to be the same. I knew I could do the short stuff, the doggies. You know, the repetitive kind of stuff over short distances with, with not a lot of recovery. But it turned into, I got bored when, when I, you know, like a 12, I'll go and do a 12 minute run. And then we'll see, yeah. you know, back, I'm talking back in the, what, 1998, 99, 2000s, you know, when kind of data and all that kind of stuff wasn't to hand. It was go and do a 12 minute run and then we'll see if you beat it at the end of pre season. Yeah. That was, basic, that was basically it. But I found um, going out on my road bike and building my own endurance that way. And that was later on in my career, just pounding the streets and all that kind of stuff. Did, didn't help me at all, and I was and I didn't like it, and I was bored, and it's just 
trying to find a way of getting yourself to a level where you know you can, can kind of then compete in pre-season because towards the end of my career, we're doing the Euros and stuff and I used to win them. So I've gone from not being able to compete at all to changing my mindset and changing what I was doing to try and get myself yeah. there. I was in, I was in winning them. And I'm talking yeah. 30, 34, 35, 36 when I went to Wickham. And I'm, comp- I'm running against lads who are 18, 19 and, and all of a sudden changing how, what I thought about how I, how I looked after myself and, and definitely going out on the road bike definitely helped me. Which yeah, thought- definitely. And like I said, it took me quite a few, it took me quite a few years to learn, to learn that because as a young boy, you just thought, ah, you know, I don't need, like, it's pre-season's nothing, especially when you haven't had your career yet. So for the first, I would say five years of my career, I just used to, Absolutely, forget about forget about anything. So when you used to go, oh, take two weeks off and then you start again. Like I used to go, no, and I'd start. I'd probably go on a run three days before preseason starts, and I think that'd be enough. And then when you then go in and the different managers you have, you have a different preseason. So I may have got away with it this first one because I may have had Gary Pierce for like that. You know, you knew what you're going to get. It was just going to be this kind of preseason, and you can kind of get through it. But then another manager comes in, Paul Simpson came in, but his was a lot more intense. So I'd gone yeah. like I did the season before, and then I was rubbish like at pre-season. Um, I couldn't get, I obviously couldn't get in the team to start with the of the season because I was nowhere near it. But it is, it's, it is. You, you've got to find what you're comfortable with. And like I said, my thing was five sides. I just played them every day, and used to play them at like a high intensity. Don't stop. And I used to find that that when I went back to pre-season, then I could I, I was at a decent level, but I enjoyed my off-season. Whereas when I was running, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't have that core strength to go. You know, what? I'm going to go and do a run now. Like I'd go on it, and if it hurt, then I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. And that was that was my mentality as a young boy. But then as you get older, you have to do it because these young boys that are coming through are just are just fit. Are just fit. Does that, anything. does that mean we're just doing five O's all pre-season? You haven't been on one of my pre-seasons yet, so <laughs> mine does is that, like... Just going to say, does that affect your thinking now you're on the other side? Obviously, you're still playing a little bit higher, but does that yeah. affect your thinking now? Do you know that lads are going to come in at different levels of fitness and there was always somebody in the change room who would always shout, oh, this is what pre-season's for, is to get fit. Yeah. Why do we do all that kind of stuff? So will that affect your planning and how you think about how you're going to structure your pre-season. For, for yeah, it does. And to be honest, I, I, I go off my pre-season as a player and some people say it will either help, some people say it won't, but I've had the results at Gretna and, and here and every team that we've played, especially this season and when I was at Gretna, I've said, wow, your team, your team's unbelievably fit, you know. So it's just what I like, I, I, do, I do one, I do one run, that's all I do. Um, in, every time we train obviously we only train twice a week here yeah. but we'll do I'm not a massive believer of right we're just going to run today we're not getting the balls out like that's not me but I've had managers that do that and straight away when you get there and there's no balls no goals and that your heads just fell off my yeah. head anyway so I just mm-hmm. thought oh my god we're just going to run and then that would be like that for a week and you've lost me I'm gone like my head's I need to see a ball. Even if we're running with the ball, like you're completely different. You see a pitch set up with two goals and the keepers are there and you just think, 
okay, there's a little carrot at the end. We're going to play a game there at the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you kind of like thought, right, I'm at it. But that was just my mindset. So with my pre-season, I like my, my testing, obviously, the first day, because that's all I've ever been used, used to. And then I do, I do, I like to do one run, um, which is, it involves like, it's no, it's no longer than a two minute. I think the longest one I do is a two minute run. That's it. I will never go over that. I will never go to five, six minutes because it's point. I, I don't, it's pointless. Like we're not at a game since now where yeah. you need that. You know what I mean? The game's changed. Um, and then we're into we're into like you know obviously ball ball work and then we're doing a lot of I'm a massive believer maybe because I was a winger but one v ones two v twos three v threes just hammering that do you know what I mean it doesn't even have to have a goal at the end it can be line ball it can be possession it can be whatever but I'm a massive because I think that that's where you get um, a lot of the fitness and the short sharp short sharp stuff. Yeah, and then that one run that we'll do our training is the longer stuff, and it's worked. Um, but on the flip flip side of that, what I've done at both clubs is, when the season's finished or just be- when I've took over, they've been handed a fitness program. So Gretna, I took over before preseason. Same here. There's your fitness program. And I've been very fortunate that I'm still very close with. Um, Tom Little, who's the sports scientist at Preston. Um, and also, I'm very close with Jim Henry, who's been everywhere, Villa. He's at Ipswich now, but he's been Celtic everywhere. He's been, he's been, he's been around. Um, so I just messaged them through the off-season. They send me a whole heap of stuff, and I put a programme together. And I just give it to the lads. And they're doing then what Preston are doing, if that makes sense, out-season. Yeah. So I've said to them, if you come back at a certain fitness where I don't have to run you all the time we won't run because you've done the hard bit and then we can do one run and we can do football but if you come back and you say you've took the mick out of my program and you're not at the level then you'll just go off and you'll do running with with obviously one of the coach staff and you'll do that until you're at that level so it is on them to come back at a certain fitness we'll have a yo-yo test just so we can gauge where they are I always say I think 24, um, 24 is like a top thing what Preston gets. So I always say, right, you need to get at least a 20. So anybody that gets below 20 won't do the football. You'll run until you can get to 20. And yeah. to be fair, at both clubs, no one's ever come below that 20. They've come back fit. But if someone said to me, right, if you don't come back at this fitness, you're not going to play football. That would motivate me then to go and do oh, that. But no one, No one ever did. Do you know what I mean? And my problem was when I was at Preston, and he still laughs about it now, the fitness guy, he used to say, right, if you drop out, let's for argument's sake, we say 19. If you drop out before 19, you're not playing football. So as soon as I hit 19, I just drop out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But he was like, oh, you've never pushed yourself. Oh, you got to push. But I'd say, but yeah, but that's your fault. Because you used to say, 19, <laughs> drop it. Do you know what I mean? So I used to play a little thing like that. What's good as well, though, obviously, I signed a few weeks ago, was that, and put into the group, all the boys straight away at Kendall, they have the plan that, that Lindsay's setting, which obviously you work on together. Um, yeah. And even bits where the line runs I've been doing, even though we could be, what, three, 
four months away from actually playing football, I feel myself getting fitter. I know I've not played for a while, but you feel yourself yeah. getting fitter. And as a as a footballer, we've all done plenty of pre-seasons. There's nothing better. The first few weeks are hard, and then when you start actually thinking, I feel good here. I can yeah. I can I can do a bit more. That's where the mental yes, I'm ready, and you actually start on. I start thinking about the football side of things. Can't wait to play. Yeah. Um, whereas I've done my first few pre-seasons was you kind of, it, it was kind of lower leagues, but you're not, you're not bothered. You, you turn up and, and, and I was the same as them people who used to shout, this is what pre-seasons for. Tom yeah. I was one of them. And now it's like a, a pre-pre-season to the point where I, I don't really stop. I think, um, this year was the first year since my lad was born that I, that I joined the golf course because norm, uh, normally while I've been playing, I've kind of the football stopped and I've just thought I'll keep ticking over it. I'll keep ticking over because I want to get back to pre-season and feel good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... That's um, the battle lads, that though, isn't it? Because like Chris has said, then you don't want to go in and, and fail the test and then just run. No. When you could have been born either and sat at home and gone... Or I'll just cross that bridge when I come to it because pre-seasons are vitally important, aren't they? You get your, yeah. your match fitness because when you come to the first game of the season, you want to be flying. Now, I don't know how you, you ever felt, but I always, first game of the season was still hard work. It was always 35 degrees. It was always, you're always grasping for, for air, but you still felt good. Now, I know yeah. if I have a pre-season, I'd, I'd have struggled even more. Um, and that's what, and that's good. It gives the lads a bit of ownership and all, doesn't it? And like I say, if they're in a group together and they're all working and all pushing towards that that goal, because you will have your, you will have your targets, you will have your you know where you want to be, at, you know, yeah. ten games at Christmas, and then you can push on from there. And if everyone's not singing off the same hymn sheet, then yeah. you, you could probably move people. You can move people on. Yeah, definitely. And 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 that's probably the thing where I probably I'm I'm the one where it's a bit. Well, you didn't used to do it because, like I said, I didn't really used to do that thing of, you know, getting into, getting used to doing that outside of pre-season. But then I believe in pre outside of pre-season where you put it. So my, my thoughts on it is a little bit different as in you should, your pre-season just for maintaining that fitness that you've got from out of season up until your first game and then your games is where you get that pre-season fitness um so it's just i think it's just one of those where you get in the happy medium and that's why i try and always explain that to the players that they need to do the hard work outside of the club um so then it's easier for them when they come into the club and they can just bang out that one run that we're going to do and then they can get into the fun stuff so if you want the fun stuff, come back at a level where you can do the fun stuff. Because there's nothing worse, as you know, as players. But if you come back and you're not fit enough and you're in a team of three and you keep losing, yeah. I used to hate that in training. You oh, know what I mean? You're just chasing yourself and you feel like yeah. you're, if you're not at a level, you, you're letting your, your other two down, aren't you? Which is that nobody wants to feel like that. Does it make you give? Does it give you a little insight into what they are, what they're like as characters as well? Yeah, massively, massively. Nobody, and sees, nobody sees the work that goes on when they're on their own. I mean, obviously you've got your straps and stuff now, so you can actually see what's going on. But does that give you that little insight into what their mentality is like? 
Yeah, massively. And I've learned so much off my uh, off these lads. And, and and you know what? That's why when I first took over, I said I wanted to get young boys because I believe that young boys will do that. Ones that have got released from academies will come in and they'll want to get back to where they've been, if that makes sense. So they wanna, they've just been released out of there. So they want to get back to there. So they're going to come in and do everything that they can to get back there. And I've said, look, your plan should always be that you come in and you want to be gone by Christmas, the next window. You shouldn't want to be playing for Kendall for a year or two or three. You shouldn't want to be doing that. Your mentality should be, well, I'm going to come here. And I'm sorry, it might mess your plans up, but I'm going to be gone by Christmas because that's where I want to be. That's where I want to get to. And yeah, okay, we've got to go out and recruit again, but that's fine. And with the greatest greatest respects to to Kendall as well, with a budget, is you, you, the fitness levels are going to have to be up there to compete yeah. with some of the big spenders who are spent plowing out two, three, four hundred pound a week in in our league. Yeah, let's run them into the ground. Let's be the fittest team in the league, and that that'll give us the edge over, you know, people who are dropping out of the football league, for instance. Um, or, 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 and, and there's a lot of good good players in that league that you know be picking up a handsome amount of money, but they might just be one last hurrah, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I'll, exactly. go to a, I'll, I'll go to a Cliver and I'll pick up three, four hundred quid a week, and you know, and that's my point, and, and, and that's why I'm trying to do it differently because obviously, when I came in, you had your big money, you had your big money spenders there, you had your lads that were on. Like there was, you know, I won't say that. But there's people on 150 pound a week there, and I, and I keep saying the same story. When I went to Preston, I was 15, I was 18 years of age, first season, got to Wembley, came on last 20 minutes, did it all, and I was on 100 pound a week. Like, and I can't get through my head that there's guys picking up 150 pound a week at this level. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. And there's guys that are playing week in week out at a very high level, that are probably on the same money or less. So I couldn't get it through my head. So we decided, well, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to put it, I'm going to do it. And it, it could have gone one or two ways. It could have failed and then I would have failed. Or it could have gone the way it's gone. And luckily it's gone the way it's gone, where I've just gone in and just gone, right, everybody's on this. Everybody's on this much. This is going to be the game for you. No one will be on more than it. Then, with my budget, I decided to do it bonus-based. So the strikers would be on a goal bonus, the defenders are on a clean sheet, the keepers on a clean sheet, all those sort of things. Um, so they're now making what they want to make. So if, you, if you're a striker and you go out and score three goals, you're going to get the bonus for that. Um, and it's really worked. I think the lads have really, really uh, took to it, bought, bought onto it. Um, and they're enjoying the football, and and if there's one thing that we have got, it's it's fight, and it's it's heart, and I think I've had to question it. What we played now, eleven games, I've had to question it once. I think their heart and their desire. Um, but apart from that, they've given me they've given me everything, and like I say, you've got Ramsbottom, you've got Workington, you've got Clitheroe, and I'd say I'd put Colne in there as well. I know we lost three two to them, but. We've actually, we, we've, on the heart side of it and the desire, we've, we've matched them and gone beyond, beyond them. And that's the reason why we've got draws from those games. 
because there's no way that Kendall on the budget they're at, the young boys, like we we, we vary from 17. Obviously, you got me, Hugo's, and Saidu who, who are a bit older, but I think the the oldest one after after that is 23. Or there's one 25 year old, 23, and then the rest are all below that. And there's no and, and when you look at the the top teams, got vast experience running through their team. And there's no way that we should be even matching them, but it's because they've got the heart and desire. And again, the biggest thing that comes into it is the fitness. Ramsbottom, we're losing one nil all the like well, I think they scored in a 30th minute, something losing one nil all the way to the 93rd minute. And our centre midfielder is running from his own half, making a forward run, sprinting in behind for a ball played in behind to then run on to, to then take it around and keep and score. He's played the whole game. Do you know what I mean? These are the little, these are the little tiny things that have, that have given us, well, I wouldn't say success this season because we've not won anything, but it's given us a platform to build on and, and, and to, to, to try and get positive results. Very good. Yeah, good, good. So, um, we've obviously we obviously uh, run the academy side of things, and, yeah. and this podcast going out to the to the kids, and we want to get. Um, we've been doing them. We we have professional LRX professional footballers on how they've got to the professional game, and then gone on beyond, and how they've gone into coaching and stuff. Um, and I know speaking to you a couple of weeks ago, yours is uh, a slightly different story. Um, yeah. you, um, you were born in Jamaica. Yeah. Um, so do you want to do you want to just tell us a little bit about kind of your childhood and, and how you got into football and 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 go from there, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was born in Jamaica, um, and my mum were 13, 14 when mum and dad 13, 14 when they had me. So very young. Um, and basically, obviously, you can imagine what Jamaica, parts of Jamaica are like. They, they, they couldn't afford to have me. So I ended up getting adopted at six months um, by, obviously, so-called mom now. And um, she, she brought me over to England when I was five. And she got me into football, played. I used to live in Sutton Coldfield, which is in, um, which, is, which is by, yeah, yeah, which is by Birmingham, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I lived there and basically just grew up, grew up there, lived there for five years till I was 10, um, played for the Cubs, played for my local Sunday league team. Um, and by the age of like six, seven, I was doing really well as a striker back then, just knock it over the top. No one could catch me, just tap it in the goal. That's, that's literally how I played football. Um, and then when I reached 10, I had everybody wanted me in Birmingham, in Birmingham, Villas, Blues, everything. My mum just said, no, not going anywhere, not going anywhere um, until you're 13. And if you're good enough, then we'll let you have we'll, we'll let you have a go at it. So I was like, well, at the time, I couldn't understand like why, why, why she was doing this to me. It's like, I want to play for, as a Baggies fan, I want to play for Baggies, I want to go. But no... It's not till now I understand, obviously, especially having my own son, why she did that. But 13 came and I went to, I ended up going to uh, to West Brom. I went there all the way through the ranks and ended up getting into the youth team. But 
as you know, at 16, you have your meeting to tell if you're getting your pro or not, um, to get your scholarship or not. Um, so I'm last to be called in. Everybody's walking in. No, 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 no. So everybody gets released and I'm the last one thinking, wow, they're not taking anyone. So I ended up going in. Look, we're going to give you one. Um, you're the only one that, we'll, we'll be honest with you, you're not the best player, but the only one that listened, like when we told you to improve on this or that, we can see you've tried to improve on it instead of doing your own thing. So for me, that's one massive thing for, for young kids that if a coach is telling you to improve on something. Don't think that you've then got to go out and the next game, go and do a thousand step overs and try and control the game yourself because that's not what they've asked you to do, if that makes sense. If they've asked you to practice crossing the ball, then try and get in that opportunity to cross the ball every time and show them that you've been working on that. So that's, that's mainly the reason why I got my scholar. Um, obviously improved through the youth team. But for me, I got, um, I got a really bad injury from nothing. So I had little, little holes in the back of my knee um, at, at 17. And the doctor had said, look, I went for an x-ray. I couldn't run, I couldn't, could hardly walk. I went for an x-ray and he said, you've got little tiny bone uh, holes behind your knee. We need to go in with the camera, went in. So I got to get, get, get called back a week later. So, and he's like, right, listen, you're going to have to retire. This is what he said to me. You're going to have to retire because the blood can't get to these holes and we can't operate on it. So you're going to have to retire. And I was thinking, wow, like I'm 17 and, and you're telling me that this is it, basically. So obviously I've come out of that meeting and my, my, head's, my head's all over the place. And it was the physio for the youth team um, at, at West Brom that said, look, forget what he said I'm going to take you under you under our wing we've got to look after you for nine months anyway so take you under the wing I tell you what nine months we'll go for another x-ray and if it's still exactly the same then we at least you know you've tried everything so I've put the work in in the gym can't run or anything so I'm doing massive upper bodies everything like you know I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I'm not give up not quit nothing he's helping me to get through that mindset and everything come back nine months and literally it's like a miracle like man I don't know how it happened but my injury had gone and even the surgeon was like I can't believe it like that's very rare an injury like that with you know in a place where blood can't get to it it's very rare that that heals so I was like well so I can play now and he's like well as long as you can get yourself fit I'm I'm passing you off to play and I was like, oh, wow, right, okay, fantastic. So I ended up going back to West Brom, start doing ball work, start doing my runs and everything. And it was like nothing had happened. Um, and a month later, what? and this is how I ended up going to Shrewsbury, because a month later, Shrewsbury's game, we got called off, Gay Meadow, floods and everything. So their first team, um, Gary Peters organised a game against our reserves. So... Craig Shakespeare, who was my manager at the time for the youth team, says, right, we're going to play you in this game. Um, how do you feel about that? I says, yeah, brilliant. This is my first game back from injury. Um, did really, really well. And at the end of the game, Gary Peters said to, to Shakey, look, what's, what's the right winger's situation? Can we get him on loan? And he's like, look, we are releasing, these re we are releasing him. We've just got to get him fit first. And um, he says, well, I'd like to sign him. 
So I ended up anyway after that game. Game finished at 10, went home, had a word with my mum, and then nine o'clock, I was driving to Shrewsbury and signed. And that's how it all, <laughs> that's how it all happened, it? started off, really. Amazing. Amazing. I know you st- You spoke about it before, whereas like, it's almost a bit like fate, isn't it, how, that, how that's happened. But yeah. at the same time, you never know. And, and, and one thing we say to the, to the boys and girls at the academy, you never know when someone's watching. Or no. so you apply yourself in the same way. I know when you signed, was it Scunfort, Tomo? Nigel Atkins signed you off the back of what you'd done in the warm up. Yeah. Is that- People can do that, though. That's a great story, that. I've heard stories of that as well, Tomo. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the last game of the season. And um, I had a little bit of interest from that MK Dons and, and Bradford and a few other clubs. And um, it was my final game for Morecambe. Um, so I knew I was, and I'd already made the decision to leave. It was the last game of the season. We weren't really playing for anything. I think MK Dons had won the league. Um, and when I met the manager in the summer, a few weeks later, he said that he only watched five minutes of the game. He'd made his mind up about me after the warm-up. Just he said, mentality, you're at the front. You were, you know, you were jeering all the lads up. You know, your intensity in the warm-up, you know, where you were walked off and you practice your finishing. Um, he said, all that. He said, I just knew you the right mentality and the kind of person I wanted to have in the building. And it was it was it was mad. It was mad. Cause for me it was just like, well, I'm warm, I'm getting ready for the game. And it's just the yeah. way, way I warm up. And he said, Yeah, I watched five minutes of the game. I was, I was probably awful in the game, but luckily I had a warm up, so it was it was good. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's funny it's funny you say that, Tom, because I've seen people where not get a move for little things like that, like they've watched them the whole game. And then they've stayed behind to see what they do after the game. Mm. And because they haven't done the right stuff after the game, they've gone, uh, like, they've just had an amazing game, might have scored whatever, the skills and all that. But they've looked at, some managers will look past that. And that's what I think has been so vital to me at Kendall and the players we're bringing in, because I look past the talent, because I've got to know, what are you like as a pl- as a person, I think? Because... I need to know that you've got the right attitude, that if I'm telling you to go and do a 5K tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're just going to go, all right, then. Like, that's what I want. Like, I don't want the other side of it where you go, well, I'm not doing that. Or you don't put it in your, the group or you don't do these little things. Because that's not the attitude that, that's going to get you anywhere. Because ultimately, I'm, I'm just trying to prepare, like I said, with, with these young boys, they're fortunate enough that they're young enough to go and go again so I'm just trying to prepare you to then when you kick on to a higher level you're going to be used to this sort of environment because this is what it's going to be like well it's going to be 10 times probably 10 times worse than the way I am but I'm just trying to give you a little feel of it that you've got to be right your attitude's got to be right yeah so any any given day anyone could have another amazing game but it doesn't tell you what kind of attitude you have now, no. if I've played, you know, if I've played, a, if I've played an hour and I've been rubbish, I'd still go out and do a cool down. Yeah. Sometimes even if I played an hour, I'd go and do some running with the subs because I'd be so so annoyed. Yeah. I knew that I'd, I'd not give it, you know, I'd not been involved in a game. You know, sometimes it's like as a wingy, you feel like you're on the periphery of a game. You yeah. try to do little things, you float inside, you might have a little switch with your left winger or whatever you might do. And sometimes you're just not getting the ball, you're not getting fed the ball wherever you're playing. And it used to do my head in, so I thought I'd used to go, well, 
probably not give it. I'm just going to go and do a little bit of running, or I'm just going to go and do this. Um, and that's just more down to your, like you said before, what you like as a person. Yeah. You like, and that's what people look for. And I was blown away by that, and I still go back to that story now when I'm talking to the kids. You know, it's never just a, it's never just a game against a Milnthorpe or a Kendall United or or a Watsfield or an IBs. For them who are aspiring to what go into an academy or any kind of academy system, you can't go into it thinking it's just another game. No. You want them to enjoy it, and we're not trying to apply pressure. But they never, you never know who's there. Yeah, that might be that one game where a scout might go, you know, like using Charles as an example. You know, oh, that Louis Gardner's a good player. I'm gonna, I want to keep, I want to keep tabs on him and see what he's like. Yeah, and that's what we always try to say, trying to go back to what it's like as an academy because it is ruthless. It is ruthless, isn't uh, it? It's, football business is is the most ruthless, and this is what I'm trying to hammering to the lads and it's it's happened to us it's happened at Kendall beginning of the season I said to all the young lads you will have an opportunity this season to impress someone someone will be here to impress pre-season comes there was Tranmere there the Celtic scouts had come down to have a look there was a Middlesbrough scout there's been loads of scouts since since I've been there there's been loads and I said to them look the scouts here all the time what happens then Simon Grayson comes in, he takes training. Simon Grayson comes in when I'm isolating, takes a game. You know, these are all opportunities because if Simon Grayson comes in and takes a game and goes for arguments like, oh, yeah, that Sean Garner scored three today. He was amazing. Next job, I might keep tabs on him or there's a young boy that's only 16, 17. You know, if someone rings Simon, which they probably always do and go, you seen any young talent around? He can go, oh, you know what? There's a 17-year-old at Kendall that, okay, needs experience, needs a bit of work. But I tell you what, if you put the effort in with him, he could, he could, he could make you a lot of money or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's a big man like that that's come down to, to us. So, like you said, the opportunities are always there for people. They're always there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Sean's rubbing his hands now going, if I score at tree, can I get a boot? <laughs> <laughs> so, you were at uh, Shrewsbury. We're just on your Wikipedia page here. Yeah. You know you've made it when you've got one of them. They must have lost mine somewhere. Um, so, you are at Shrewsbury for a few years, but you, even then you went out on loan to Stafford Rangers. Was that because you weren't getting game time or was it coming back from injury or how was you kind of... No overall experience at Shrewsbury and how did you move on? I loved it. But like, again, the reason why I went on loan is because I could hardly play at Shrewsbury on that pitch that first season because wingers couldn't play on that pitch. They just couldn't run with the ball on the pitch. My game yeah, was, pitch, yeah. was running with the ball. That was my whole game. Like, I'm, I'm not stupid. I wouldn't have been a professional footballer if I, if, if I didn't have my pace and I couldn't run with the ball. I wouldn't have, been, I wouldn't have made it. That's that's who I am and what I did. I wasn't one of these that could pass a nice pass or could, you know, run for days or the little things, the other little things that maybe get you in a team. If I played, it was literally because I could run fast, get at my man, and, and that was it. I didn't even have any product then. Do you know what I mean? It was just yeah. the potential of this kid could do this with, with the training. So I went on loan. You know, the manager at the time, Gary Peters, said, look, I'm going to send you out on loan. And I was buzzing for it because I was thinking, I just want to play games. I wasn't one of these where, oh, I'm not going there. They're 10 leagues below us. I'm, 
You know what I mean? I see a lot of young players turn down moves like that now because oh, the miles down there and it's beneath them. But for me, I was buzzing. I was like, yeah, just want to play games. Went there for a month, did well. And when they asked to loan me back again for the next month, Gary Peters was like, no, 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 I want him in my squad. And at this time, it was just after Christmas and we were kind of in the playoffs now. So we were in a position where they were going to try and get promotion. So he was like, I want you to be... I want you to be in this, in, in the squad, to be able to help us to get promotion. I just I was just excited by the, the opportunity of just playing football. That was it really for me. Stafford um, will have been in that'll have been Evo's uh, It was conference still, at the time, sure it was. It was. Yeah, it'll yeah. still be a decent level. Yeah. yeah. But some people look at it and go, Well, I don't want to go to conference. Yeah. You know? But for me it wasn't and and I didn't really know football. Like, I wasn't one of these that, you know, some of these kids you speak to, like, know everything about every, all footballers, the leagues, they know the stats and all that. I wasn't really interested in, in, in watching football when I was younger or anything. I just enjoyed playing it. I just wanted to play football all the time. Watching it and doing all that stuff didn't really interest me until I started getting older. Um, so, it, for me, it was just someone's offering me some game time. Well, I want to go there and play some games. That that was that was literally it. So at this time, did you, you know, you speak about uh, later in in your career, kind of thinking about more about the football side of it. At what age did you think I want to get into the coaching? I'll be honest. It wasn't until it wasn't until I retired. So right, <laughs> that's just the truth. And I never thought I'd be retiring when I did. And obviously, you do your one and two. In youth team, yeah. So I always had that behind me. But when I when I was uh, I say I retired when I got my injury and um, fractured my shit, and I was coming back from that, I went to the 16s at Preston and I said, "Look, can I just get involved in you know just get involved um, in any way?" And started standing on the on the on the line to start with, um, and then the coach was asking my opinion on things, and it was quite overwhelming because then you've got to talk in front of these 16 year olds and 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 tell them what you think and sometimes that when you're just starting off you start doubting yourself thinking well I don't want to tell them the wrong thing or I don't want to you know so it was um I did that for about a year and I just while I was getting myself fit and I just loved it and then every time I went every time it was just I loved it a bit more and I loved it a bit more and then the the boys the under 16s were really um reacting well to me and really taking on what i was saying um and then i became quite a uh a, a big part of like they were then asking me like oh we need your opinion you know at christmas when they're giving giving out their contracts for the youth team they'd be like what do you think on him what are your thoughts on him and that that was a bit like wow like i don't want to really say anything about that because that's someone's future then you've yeah, got yeah. in your hands do you know what i mean and you're not I'm not a manager. I'm not a coach. I'm not nothing. Like, I'm just a guy that's been coming to help. And I was like, wow, that's a bit, you know, that's a bit too, it's a bit too much. But then on the flip side of it, when I was speaking to a couple of friends, they're like, yeah, but you got to get used to that. Cause if you do want to go into that in time to come as a manager, every end of every season transfer windows, whenever players are going to come to you and go, well, what's happening or whatever. And you've got to make that decision on their career. So from there, I was just, I just enjoyed and enjoyed and enjoyed. And then I thought, you know what, I'd, uh, 
I'd love to. I'd love to give managing a go. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know about yourself, but and, and, and well, both of you, to be honest, when you play for a manager, and you don't quite trust what they're saying, and they try to, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna rest you for yeah. today, or more yeah. play in the squad. Yeah, I used to hate that. I'd rather, just be honest, <laughs> just safe. I've not played well, and yeah. that's what I wanted from all my managers. And when me and Sean went into the Bradford Park Avenue job for for a couple of months, yeah. We had a couple of decisions that we had to make then. We got thrown in and I just said, I'm just going to be honest. I've just got to be honest and either can either take it or not. Now, yeah. we had a lad that he was going on loan after get, coming back from a hamstring injury. Do you remember, Sean, we sat in the change room? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, do you know what? Thanks so much for your honesty. Yeah. So my, my coaching story is a little bit like yourself. I, I got injured, I snapped my Achilles. And um, I was coming back from that and... I started to go down and, and, and watch the 16s, but I didn't. I wasn't involved in it at the same level you were. You were. Um, just did the odd session because I'd been on my A licence. I applied for it. Somehow, I don't know how I got on it and started to feed it that way. And, and then obviously with the reality of being injured, I was then like, right, well, then what am I going to do? Um, and then we were going back to the fate thing. Obviously, me and Sean were on the same golfing weekend and that's how we met each other. But... Um, the one thing I always wanted to take for many managers or anything like that was just to have, to have that honesty. And if I was ever fortunate enough to go back into that kind of management role again, that's what that's the, the single thing that I would take from, from from my career as a player was having a manager that was honest. Yeah. And that's why, and, and to be honest, that's why Simon and I, I would like to think, are so, so close now because the year that we obviously we got promoted, I'd, I'd played every game so I played every single game. Top, I was joint um, joint top with appearances that season. And Wembley comes along. We're training the week before for Wembley, and he says to me, "Look, um, you're starting tomorrow." I was in the starting lineup in the starting team. I think, boy, gosh, I've lost two times previously with Shrewsbury at Wembley in the playoff finals. This is my third chance. Going to do it. You do all the tour and everything. And it comes to the morning of the game. He's having his breakfast and he calls me over. Um, and he's like, look, and this is literally what he said, promise you. He's like, look, I had a dream last night that I went to attacking and it's kind of scared me. So I'm going to leave you out. You're going to be on the bench, but I'm going to leave you out the, te- leave you out the, uh, the, the team and I'm going to play Neil Kenny because he can get on the ball and he can t- keep things ticking, a bit of a holding player. And we're going to go like that. Oh, obviously, like I'm like, wow, this is like, this is unbelievable. Like getting dropped on a dream, like I'm getting drowsed <laughs> in the team. It's the game day, all these things. Where was your head there? Was it something where you went back at him saying, "What are you doing?" Or did you just go, no, kinda, "All right, gaffer." No, I didn't because you know how can you do that with a man that's got four promotions out of that league? You yeah, and they're all at Wembley as well. Like he's got three of them from Wembley. Yeah, so. For me, it was like, how can I moan at this man? He's played me every game this season. Um, and you know what? I, I saw past it. I saw a man that was under immense pressure, immense pressure to go and get Preston up. And don't forget, if you look into Preston's history, how many times have been at, Pre- at Wembley and lost? Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Nine times or something. So all these weights on his shoulders 
He's played me every minute of every game. I had a crack shin, and two months into the season, I couldn't couldn't walk, couldn't play. He's, he said, "Look, I need you to play. I want you to play." So I've I've gone out. You know, I've played with a broken shin for eight months for him. He's treated me the way he did, which was yeah. brilliantly. Couldn't moan. So for me, it wasn't it wasn't I was angry at him. It was just obviously when you're you're starting at Wembley the day before or the night before when you're training to then the morning when you get up and you're like, oh, you know, you spoke to your mum and that and then it's you're not playing. It's just that initial shock. Yeah. But after the game, we we won four nil. So how can I then turn round to him? I just turned round to he come over to me straight. I said to him, I appreciate you telling me thank you. And he came over to me after after that game on the pitch and he said, you played a massive part in this season. We couldn't have done it without you. Um, and I'm so sorry I dropped you um, for this game, but I just had a feeling. And I said, I just come back and said, what an unbelievable dream. But it's that honesty, like you said, Tomo, that he's, he could have easily just waited in the change room, named his team. And I could have been sat there thinking, wow, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, the reveal, the reveal of a team. Yeah. I, I used to hear that. Some managers would be like, like everyone, everyone go out and warm up. Everyone's together. You don't actually know the team 20 minutes before yeah. you go out to the pitch. And you'd be like, no. you know, I, just, I, I always wanted to know. So I could, so I was always, sometimes I was a little bit selfish and I was a little bit annoyed that I wasn't playing. But I'd rather yeah. find out the day before so I could deal with it in my own way, away from the lads and away from the changing room. And then when I went into the game, I was then 100% there. Because like you said there, if you if he was to tell you in that changing room an hour and a half before kickoff, he might have yeah. lost you. You might have gone, you could have felt embarrassed or could, anything. You, you'd have lost me, I think. I think you'd have yeah. lost me. And that's, I and that's lie, you know what I mean? my management, isn't it? It's yeah. brilliant for him to go. And that would have been a difficult conversation for him because managers will have their favourites, they'll have their first, name, first uh, names on the team sheet, you know, he's going to play, he's going to play. And, and that would have been difficult for him to turn around to you in that circumstance and go, having told you that you're playing, to then turn around and say, well, actually, you're not playing, is a difficult conversation. Yeah. But, but that's what comes, like you, say, like you said before, that's what comes with being a manager. Yeah, it is. Based on your results, you get, you know, you get the teams you pick, the performances, the results... That all falls on your shoulders. Yeah, so you need all them lads to fight for you, or else it doesn't work. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I like it as well though, because I've named the team, and then I've gone out the change room, and I've gone to the uh, to my office, and then John's come in, my assistant, and gone, oh, Chris, so and so is fuming in there that he's not playing, he's well raging, and I'll go, you know what, I like that, I like that. It shows he cares. Like, if if someone would tell me that I'm not playing and I, then I go off and have a laugh and a joke, what does that show? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you said there a little bit, a bit of selfishness. Like, as long as you're fuming, but then when you're going out to the warm-up, you're like, come on, lads. And the guy that's playing mm -hmm. in your place is, come on, you can do this today. Let's have a good game. That's what I used to do. Like, I didn't think, oh, OP has a rubbish game, so then I can play next time. You don't get anywhere with that, you know. If someone's playing in your place, you just wish them luck. Like it's not their fault. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So 
Someone says to me, ah, oh, so-and-so's raging. Sean, Sean's raging, he's not playing. Yeah, well, I love that. Shows that he cares. Shows that he, he, he's he got a bit about him that he wants to be on the pitch playing. So I, I, I kind of like that reaction. As long as it's done in the right way and it doesn't linger on through the game, I'm, up, I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And, and, and I've been in rooms with lads and, 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 and they're acid. It's awful. Just like on the bench and like, what was that? Do you know what I mean? Like, whispering yeah. behind her hand, like, oh my God, have you seen that? And you're just like, I would, when you're younger, you'd be like, oh, I want to play, I want to play all the time. And I, I was one who I wouldn't sit and snipe. I'd just go and knock on a manager's door. Yeah, same, yeah. Yeah. And just go, listen. I've not played, I might not have played, I might have been playing up front, I could have been playing one of three positions playing up front or wherever it might have been. And I'd say, well, what can I do What can I do to get in his team? And you're kind of putting it on their toes and that's where you, ma- you want your manager to turn and say, well, you know, like you said before, you're not getting the crosses in, you're not having enough influence in the final third, you're not scoring enough goals. Um, and that's what you want. You don't want him to just go, put you in the team because you keep knocking on his door. You want him to, you want to feel like you've earned your, your right to yeah. And, and like I say, I like that little, like little bit of nastiness where they go, I can't believe I'm not playing. But the ability to put it to bed until after the game. Yeah. And that goes back to their attitude and, and the teams I was in that I got promoted with, there was never any of that. Everyone was there for a sole purpose, was to get promoted. Exactly. If I was playing, didn't matter if you were playing, Chris didn't matter if Sean was playing. If we were my teammate, I'd support 100%. And that's yeah. what it's all about. And that's what got us the success in the teams that I played in, I think. 100%, same as us. Same as us. Yeah. Yeah. All good. All good. So so just go back a little bit, Chris, about your up, time up in Scotland because you, you went Shrewsbury to Motherwell to Preston then back up again, didn't you? Yeah. How, how was your time up there? And how did I that come it. about? I loved it. So obviously I'd... I'd uh, been in three years at, um, at uh, Shrewsbury and obviously um, Paul Simpson had took over now. He'd, he'd signed his son, Jake, J- Jake Simpson. Yeah, I played, um, played with him, he, I think. Yeah, he was a right winger. So there was a lot of rumours flying around that he was going to replace me this, this coming next season. Um, and I'd scored the goal in uh, the playoff, you know, before, the, before Wembley. I'd scored the goal that's got us to Wembley and then I pulled so happens I pulled both my hamstrings in that at the end of that game I pulled both of them and I don't think anyone's ever pulled both hamstrings so it was three three weeks until did you do the splits I don't know how I've done it (laughs) both so it's 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 one of those now where I was getting jabs in them and everything up to Wembley Um, and then it's come to the day before the game, and obviously there's no way I'm thinking I'm playing. Don't deserve to be black, like coming back with hamstrings and that. He's named the team Paul, um, and he's starting me. And I'm like, wh- like my head fell off that way. So I'm thinking, wow, now pressure's on me to like, I've got to like be fit and be playing the way that I was. And 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 I'm an honest person. I will openly say I was horrendous for that. I played 80 minutes. And I, I was a rubbish. I'd just come back from both hamstrings in two weeks, which is unheard of. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere near it. Uh, and I think that after that, 
there was a lot of rumours and a lot of people telling like he's, he's brought him in to blah blah blah. So Jim Gannon at the time, who's manager of Motherwell, has come in uh, for me, and because it's cross border, they don't have to pay. So I ended up going a bit rogue, um, driving up to up to Motherwell because this is in pre-season, um, and my agent at the time had checked all the paperwork and. There was a certain little bit of paperwork that Shrewsbury hadn't sent me um, during the summer. That if they'd have sent me that, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did. But for the fact that they didn't send it me, um, I could go off. So I went up, went rogue. He's ringing me, ringing me, my agent all day. Simo went up there, signed for Motherwell, um, and then that's how I left. So I left a bit, a bit of a sore thing at Shrewsbury, but. It was just one of those where I was just, I, I had to be selfish at that time and think to myself, well, if I stay here and does, his son does come in and play, then it's not really, I'm just going to be sat there, if yeah. that makes sense. So I did that. And you know what? It's the best thing. I, I, I will never, I, if I could live my life a hundred times again, I'd do it again. Because those four years at Motherwell were the best years, I think. It's hard to say because obviously Preston was was up there as well. But those four years there was amazing. The lifestyle, not not even the clubbing and everything, just the people in Scotland were so welcoming. The club was unbelievable. I had my first two children up there that loved it. Um, I played Europa League at Motherwell my first season, and that was when uh, you finished second. Is that that no, was when no. Rangers? So my first season we when? got in Europa, second season got in Europa, and third season got in Champions League. Oh, so brilliant. got in the Champions League because Rangers had got demoted all the way down the league. So we'd finished third and then got bumped up to second. So like it's unheard of for Motherwell to do this, like Scottish Cup finals. So I did everything there. It was unbelievable. Like it was just, it was just unbelievable. But then again, it's like your point earlier, Tom. We had a team of guys that just wanted to play football with again with the lowest budget every team I've been in has probably been the lowest budget but no one cared like no one cared and, and, and we had an unbelievable team for no money paying no money you know like that Champions League season I'll go through we had Darren Randolph in goal who plays for West Ham now you know we had Tom Haightley right back we had um, Sean Hutchinson who's captain from captain for Millwall now, um, yep. you know, we had Stevie Hamill, who played for his country, Scotland. We had Nicky Law. I don't know if you've heard of, uh, of Nicky yeah, Law. Yeah, went to Bradford for a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So we had Nicky Law. We had Jamie Murphy. He's played in the Prem Bright. Like, yeah, no, honestly, no. Michael Higdon at the time was banging goals for fun. So our team was just a joke for what it was. But again, it was, we were all on the same wage, roughly. But no one cared. Like, no one cared. It was just, right, we want to win this. We want to win the league. That's how, that, We thought that every season, right, we're going to win the league this year. We want to win the league. Motherwell winning the league. It was never going to happen. But everybody's mentality was, why can't it happen? We're going to win it. Or we're going to get to Scottish Cup final. Or we're going to get this or that. And everything that we wanted, apart from obviously winning the league and winning the cup, but we still got to a final. We kind of achieved. So... And that was under Stuart McCall, and it was just, it was just amazing. But he was massive on, on, uh, on man management and how to 
get your team fighting for you. And I've learned so much off him and Simon on that side of it that, that hopefully I can take with me through through my managerial career. But yeah, Scotland was unbelievable. And then obviously going to Hibs then goes a different level because then, you know, they're a, I'm say a bigger club. That's a bit disrespectful to Motherwell. But once you go there and then you're playing in front of those fans and I lived in the middle of Edinburgh and everybody's Hibs and you got the hearts and the rivalry and all that kind of stuff. It just bumped it up again and the lifestyle in Edinburgh and everything around it and the way that they treated us. And obviously getting to work with Neil Lennon. So by the way, when you are not one of his players, you think, oh, what an absolute tool he is. But then when you play play for him, you just think, wow, this man's this man's a legend. Like he will do literally, he will do anything. He'll fight and scrap and bite for you if you're if you're one of his players. And I just learned so much of him as well. So my Scottish uh, my Scottish um, experience was was unbelievable. And I'd I'd uh, I'd I'd tell anyone to go up there and play. And then you know we had this discussion with Kamar Roof, who, who's one of my best mates, lived around the corner from me from very very young, and he's up there now at Rangers. And you know it's one of them. What's it like? People always ask, and it's yeah, do it. You'll love it, mm. and he's he's absolutely loved it since he's been there. Yeah, I know a couple of lads who've gone up there myself. Um, went to Hamilton and 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 all that kind of stuff, and yeah, mirroring and just love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Like exactly what you just said, then playing in the top league. Um, yeah, there's, so there's nothing like it, and and more than anything else as well. I mean, that's a massive shot window again, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the big clubs that you just you speaking about there, on top of like obviously, then you've got your your Celtics and your Rangers, obviously. Um, so it's a massive shot window. And, and like you say, the experience to go and play Europa League, Champions League, that must have just been something else to, you know, to have that on your CV. It's just fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. And 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 I know I say to people, you know, like, they would say, would you re- if you relived your career, what would you change? And obviously, when I look at my, you say the wiki and that, when you look at my wiki or my, my career, the, the the career I've had. It annoys me that I did I don't see Prem. Do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> but that's just because I was ambitious. Like I wanted to do it all, and I played in the conference one, two. I played in the champ, and it's just that missing. I played in the Scottish champ. I played in the SPL, and it was just that one that one thing that was missing. But you know what? If I could go back and do it again, I wouldn't change anything. Like I played for my country and. There's players in the Prem that haven't done that. So mm. there's a happy medium, isn't there? There's a balance to it. So even though you haven't played in the Prem, doesn't make you, doesn't mean that you've had a, you know, peop, some people look at it and go, I oh, ain't playing the Prem. He's done nothing. But I don't yeah, believe that's, in that. That's a gauge. That's a gauge yeah. of what your career's been. Yeah. I said this to Sean. I said this to Sean. We had Kev Ellison on and he had one appearance. Oh, what a legend he is. Um, Top man, isn't he? Top man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we, we didn't even speak. We were just letting him. <laughs> <laughs> asking the questions he was answering them he was all a hoop I said that was the biggest thing that I felt that I was a lot I think I'd like to like yourself you think you've had a good career or you'd like yeah. to have had a good career there's always that like you say when you look at your when you look at your page you go it hasn't got that prem appearance on there yeah. um, and I don't know if this is a question but if you think you're going into football now at your age the way the football's played now, where you look at your fullbacks that are more like wingers, 
Would you ever look at changing changing your position? I would have had to. I would have had to. And, and yeah, I would have as well. Yeah, and that's the beauty of sight. That I think that I then kicked on again because of Simon, because he changed it. When I came to Preston, I was an out-and-out winger. I was an out-and-out attacker. That was me. High and wide. <laughs> yeah, high and wide. And I didn't come inside, and I couldn't play on the left. It was weird. I know that sounds weird, but I found it, it just... I couldn't mirror everything that I did on the right, so my recovery runs felt weird and tucking in this way instead of this way. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah, just, yeah. It was just all in here, and... That's where Simon changed. As soon as I went with Simon and went into that season, he played 3-5-2, so he converted me into a wing-back. So now I'm starting to learn about the defensive side. Now, the wing-back, I've got the whole wing to myself, so I haven't got to worry about my overlap, someone overlapping me or, or, or worry about another person on that right. And I used to love playing, even though it was defensive the way he played. I just knew that if I get the ball deep, I'm gone. Like, and I haven't got to worry. And it suited me because I like to hug the line. I just like to run down the line and whip a ball in. And we had like Joe Garner, Beckford, Kevin Davis, and these kind of players that I felt comfortable to whip the ball in because you know these guys are going to just, there's goals there. So for me, like he changed my, he changed my whole game and made me into more of a, a defensive slash attacking player. Now I'll yeah. always have the attacking because I always had the pace. But he put a different dimension to my game. Um, and then all of a sudden, then, if you wanted to change the... And that's why I think I played so many games, because I, I was adaptable. And this is what I try and tell the young boys now. You have to try and have at least two positions, because a manager will go, right, I don't want to change your formation in the team. And that's why I look at things now. I don't want to change or bring on ways to sub, because I want to go to four four two if I'm playing a 3-5-2. I want to be able to go, right, okay, Chris can play right wing, right back, right of a three. He can maybe play three in midfield, a 10 and up front. Chris can play all those. So if I want to change it now to a 4-4-2, right, Chris, come to right back. Because I'm, I've got that, that, he's brought that to my game. Mm. So for me, it's just, yeah, it was just, I think you have to adapt as you go along because if you don't, you, you just dwindle away. Yeah. Just one though, how mad was Joe Garner, by the way? I played him at Scunny. He's a class. He, you know what? He's, he's one of the favourite... He's one of my favourites that I've ever played with. Oh. Him, him oh. and um, obviously Bex. Me, me and Bex are very close, but as in actual... As a winger, crossing the ball, him and Grant Holt are the ones where... Are just unbelievable. It's been unbelievable playing with them because I've just crossed it from everywhere with them. I've crossed it from deep, I've crossed it from far, I've crossed it from near, I've crossed it anywhere. So I just know that if I cross it right, it's a goal. It's a goal. He had, every time. He had an unbelievable leap, didn't he? Yeah. It was his movement, Tomo. Yeah, yeah. I used to think, oh, it's his leap. But then I remember sitting down with the analyst and actually watching him, you know, when I'm crossing balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching him and his movement in the box was probably the best I've seen. Brave as well, Brave. Yeah. I like, I like, yeah. And if you've got that and Beckford, I remember when Beckford came to, because I'm an Everton fan, when he came to Everton, he was just sharp and his movement was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So if, you, if, you, if you're crossing balls in for them two, and then you've got someone like, a, was it Grant Holt? Grant Holt was unbelievable. He's the one that at Shrewsbury taught me 
you don't always have to beat him, man. Because as a young boy, I just wanted to beat him. I wanted to beat him all the time. And he used to say, it used to go mad at me at the end of the game. I'm making these runs for you. And you're turning down the cross. And then I've got to come back in it. And he's at the age now, you know. And he's the one that said, just whip the ball in. So in training, he just pulled me to the side. He was he was top. Love him to bits. Top guy. He pulled me to the side. He goes, right, we're going to work on this. And we used to work on it for hours. And he goes, right. If you've got an opportunity to whip it in, whip it in. And if I'm not there, I'm giving you, even though you're 18, 19, I'm giving you permission to hammer me because I should be there. And if you're going to whip it in, I'm there. And once I learned that, the second season, I think I got 15 assists for Ulti just from whipping it in early because he just, just whip it. And he's so good in the box. Oh, yeah. And then that season after, that's when he went to um, Norwich. Norwich, Norwich yes, I was Norwich, at Norwich. Yeah. You have them little connections, don't you? And yeah. my, my, my centre forwards always used to know if I was square, if I was on the halfway line, I was knocking the ball and I was yeah. at it. Yeah. 25, 30 yards of space, I was knocking and I was beating my fullback. Yeah. They knew all that to try and keep up with me. If I'm in the final third, I'm looking for half a yard. Yeah. And initially, half a yard and across, and my centre forward knew to try and get across the near post. And it's them little things that help you as a winger, isn't it? Because you yeah. know, like you said then, I used to stand there with my arms out going, well, what, well, what are you doing? Why, why are you not there? We work on this. We practice it. Yeah. And it's great to have them little insights like you said then about Grant Holt like pulling you to one side and and, and they help you, don't they? Them little, them, all them little things. And you, you can pass that experience on now when, when you're not playing to, you know, to your younger boys and, and just learn who you're playing with. Look who with, you know, like I said to you before about Stu Drummond, who just used to half a turn. I used to be on my bike, didn't even used to look. Yeah. Football ball inside for my right back, which put it behind the left back side, and I was off. And on top of that, you talk about, especially, was Grant Holt, did he not play Workington? Was it Grant? Who was it? He would have done. He played for all those lower teams. Beckford mm-hmm. was the same. He came from non league, yeah. didn't he? Betts didn't make it to 25. He was right, driving RACs, fixing cars and stuff. This is what I say to all the young boys. Yeah, it's you know, hard is the same, but Bex is obviously, like I say, one of my close friends. And his story, when he told me his story, is just unbelievable. No youth team, no unders, nothing. Just, just a normal job. You know, yeah. twenty-five. He Sunday league. It was, I think it was, and he got an opportunity to then go on trial. I think it was at Watford. He said he started, and then his career just kicked off from there. And it's just amazing. So yeah. for any young yes. person. Never give up. No. You know, and this yeah. is what I say to these boys here. You're 17 to 25, like 23. Just go and just go and express yourself and, and you never know what can happen, do you? No, not never. So uh, obviously we spoke earlier about your, your kind of injury and that kind of got you to, to work with the youth teams at, at Preston. How how did the Gretna gig come along? Was it something with your connections to Scotland's that got you there, or was it something you just applied for? How did it come about? No, so I ended up when I obviously retired and everything from football. I ended up getting a phone call from um, one of my close friends that obviously I'd met up in Scotland, and he's saying, "Look, my uh, my uncle is um, the chairman of East Kilbride. I don't know if you've heard of East Kilbride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, my uncle's the chairman of East Kilbride." Um, and he wants to sign you. Like, would you be interested in coming and playing for him? Um, I was like, you know, well, yeah. 
it's quite far away. Like to come up, you know, three times a week, Tuesday, Monday, I think they train Monday, Thursday, and play Saturday. And he's like, oh, don't worry about that. It was, you know, it, was, it wasn't about money, but he's like the petrol, obviously. He's like, don't worry, they'll sort all that. And then on a Friday, you just stop at my uncle's house and then you play a game Saturday and go home. But this was at the time I just like retired. So I wasn't, I didn't have a job or anything. I'd, I'd, I said to myself, no, I'm going to have three or four months off, enjoy it, and then probably look for something to do. So obviously I came, I came off the phone, I spoke to Kerry and I said, you know what, my, my shin's better, a bit better now and I'd love to get back into playing and stuff. And um, she said, well, we'll just go for it. Uh, so I rang back and I said, you know what, let me come up and have a, have a training session, see how I'm feeling to start with. Like, you know, I might not feel that I can do it um, and go from there. I went up there, loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, and it so happened that when I was there, the Gretna job was available. Now, Gretna wasn't, was what, an hour, hour and a half from mine. And I just thought, you know what, I'd love that job. Um, it's not far from the house. And it'd be a great starting point. It's Scottish, it's, it's, it's in Scotland. So my name was, was, you know, okay in Scotland. It was, it, was, it was still relevant. People still talked about me from what I, I'd done at Motherwell. And I thought, you know, I've got a chance. So I went for it and ended up getting the job. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, and we were just building something there. But again, it's, it's just one of those where it just wasn't, wasn't right at the time. That's all. Um, and after that, I said to myself, you know what? I've, I've given it a go. It's not worked. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is, 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 is for me. And um, I had another what, four, four or five months off, off football wasn't playing and anything and then obviously the Kendall job come up and I, uh, I I applied for that and we are where we are so it gave you gave you the bug I was saying to Tomo um before you came on obviously when when I was at Penrith we had a lot of players who were kind of either went up to Gretna or came yeah. back from Gretna and the difficulty was was the um, you, did they not have a real way you had to be on contract something you had to be on contract or and the trip it, uh, it was cross border cross border so they, weren't, go on, they weren't on contract most of them weren't on contract with us because they were on contract they'd have to pay him regardless so right. if you were on the bench they didn't get the match fee if they didn't come on if that makes sense so if you're ah, on right. contract if you're on contract they still had to pay them right. so obviously Gretna didn't put many there was only two or three on contract but you had quite a few of my players you had Jake Smith didn't you yeah, um, yeah. Kev Con, who is frightening, by the way, is unbelievable player. He's probably. I remember, right? This is the God's honest truth. So before I got the Gretna job, I went and watched them, and I took yeah. Jermaine with me, and we're in the stand watching. And Jermaine is like, when they were warming up, obviously he was like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> he's like, "This is what he says." He's like, "When you take over, he's got to go." He's got to go. Look at him. Like, you know, like, <laughs> just messing around. This is Kev. And then all the way through the game, he was like, no, no, he's got to stay. Like, <laughs> his mindset on him had changed. And he said something that baffled me and still baffles me to this day. Kev scored three goals that game. He went to watch him. And we were driving back. So I drove him up and we were driving back. And he went, you know what? That Kev Conn's probably one of the 
best natural finishes I've ever seen. Yeah. And I was I started laughing. He's played in the Premiership. He's played at Everton. He's done all this. And I'm and I looked at him waiting for like ah, ah, ah. but it wasn't. He was deadly serious. Yeah. And even to this day, I ask him still, and he's like, no, seriously. <laughs> when I watch him, he said, I look for different things. I have something different in strikers and stuff. And he said, the way he took those goals and the way he finishes is up there. With natu- he said, naturally, not the best strikers, but natural finishing is up there. But obviously working with Kev, it's so fluent. Yeah. He just bangs goals for fun. Yeah. Is, if, he, uh... if, if he wasn't the way he was, he, he would have played way higher. Uh, you know that lockdown, uh, the first lockdown on Facebook, people were putting on stuff like best player you played with and all all, yeah. all this type of thing. Jake Smith, I, I know a lot, of Sam Smith, all of them, was pretty much Kev Con all yeah. the way. But when he was at yeah. Penrith, he's a great lad as well. You know, loves loves oh, a, top, a laugh. Top, top lad. We called him uh, called him Biscuit. He's like, he just he just pull out a pack of biscuits before before. <laughs> It was just, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was mad. But you're absolutely right. Unbelievable footballer. Um, for, the, for the size of him, and, uh, you know, um, yeah. I, think, I can't remember the line he said. It's like, it's, someone said something about him, which was Kev Conn, not just a great goal scorer, but a, a scorer of great goals. Um, yeah. and, and, and we played Whitehaven in a pre-season game this year for Penrith. And he was on the sidelines, and he was just ripping the out of out of Maka who was playing and stuff. Just uh, just loves life. Great, great character loves to have life. around the place. And when I first took, you know, when I first got the job at Kendall, I tried to take him, but yeah, it's too far. And I think he just, I think Gretna at the time had just finished him off the way it was when when we were to the wards the end of my time there, and then after I left, the new manager coming in, yeah. I just think he just put. I think in his head, football wasn't. And you know what? The best thing about him was that in pre-season, he actually, when I gave out the players the programs, he came back flying, and I think he got to 22 in the yo-yo. And remember, all the Preston lads have to get to 24 now, and he gets to 22. He come back in unbelievable shape. He was never going to be thin. He was never going to be that sort of framework. But he came back unbelievable. He was flying, and then. I think three games into preseason, he got quite a bad injury and was out for three, four weeks. But the thing is with Kev is, we're at the level now where they do it, is the beer comes in when he's injured. When he's not injured, he was on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The beer come in and then he's back to square one again. But he was, uh, yeah, he was um, he was frightening. Yeah, he's a good guy. Good guy. Good guy. So, um, just, well, we've got a couple of questions we ask each. Yeah. Each person who comes on, um, who's the best player you've played with and who's the best player you've played against? No, oh, I've been doing your qu- questions, qu- Tomo, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing your quizzes for the last few weeks on the Kendall <laughs> things, so I know there's a few. <laughs> uh, this is this is Sean just loves it. He's a football man, he's Sean. He just like <laughs> he just loves these questions. They're 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 really, really good questions, though. That's the thing. I'm not used to such good questions. Um, I think with it, I can't give you one. And, and whenever anyone asks me this question, I always say the same thing. I can't give you one because I just, I just couldn't say, oh, it was him. 
because I think too tactically on it, I think, well, he had a bit of this and he had a bit of that. And that's my problem. But um, if we're pushing you, I named, I named, don't worry, I, named, I think I named 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we did that's one me, though, Tommy, because <laughs> I played with Wes Morgan and he's won the Prem. So I played with him at Jamaica. And then I played with Daniel Johnson at Preston, yeah. who I think is probably the best technical player I've ever played with. Same with Paul Gallagher. Like, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, reel off a few. We, me and Tom was we had about five or something each. Right. In the end, I, in the end, in the end, I went with Gary Hooper just because of his craft as a as a finisher. You talking about the lad you just talk about being a natural finisher? Yeah. yeah. I, as a craft, as, as someone who could finish, yeah, and someone who you want in your team, if you backs against a wall, and you had a, someone had a one-on-one, you'd want him now as an attacking player. I knew my defenders were good, and you know, I played with some great defenders, but I just thought for what he went on to achieve, yeah, with Celtic, and then coming back and playing in the Prem, and then I think he's now over in Australia. I think he was he was unbelievable. So that's he, he's one who just picked it for me. So, All right, if I had to pick one, I'll give you two. So I'll have, I'll have, to, I'll have to go Wes Morgan, because obviously with what he's done. Oh, yeah, yeah. But my other one's going to be massively out there, and it's going to be Jason Kumas. Whoa. Ex-Wigan? Yeah, Trump West Brom. Honestly. Tommy, did you ever play against Kumas? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, he was somewhere else. Oh, he was. He was. He was levels when he was levels above. Yeah. On his day, he, well, even when he wasn't on his day, he was he was a naturally good footballer. Oh, he was so good. He was so so good. Oh, I, I can't forget Zoltan Gira as well. There's loads. I could go on forever and ever. <laughs> um, he had a quite a bit. He had quite a like a bit of a. He looked like he grafted and grafted. But he had quite a like a lazy technique, but it, it was so good. Zoltan. Yeah. Yeah, some goals he scored were unbelievable. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Honestly, I was his, uh, I was on his boots, and he was just. He, I remember the first time he came into training at West Brom, and everyone was like, "Not even who is that?" They were like, "What is that?" Like, <laughs> honestly, that's their. Re- <laughs> I swear, that was their reaction. Like, what is that? He didn't look like a footballer. He looked weird, weird, like. Like, should, yeah. Honestly, it was like, and then he got on the pitch, and everyone was like, "Wow, this is the best player we've ever seen!" Like, <laughs> unreal, unreal. Best um, player against player against. Well, we played United in the FA Cup, didn't we? So, Falcao was playing, Rooney was playing. Obviously, I was up against Di Maria. I played against France with Pogba and Evra and. Ran so there's a few name drops yeah, there. Pick, pick any of them, but Benzema played as well. <laughs> Benzema was unbelievable. Story about him so obviously, where's you know, we play in France, where's his touch tight to him outside the box? So the box, you know, the box is in and I'd say 10 yards away from the box, and he squeezed up, he squeezed on him tight. And this is this is the way he wears explained it after the game. We've lost. We've just lost 8-0. And we all were bursting out laughing because where's his life? And he's scratching his head like his big, big hand on his head like, 
I squeezed out, Chris. I squeezed out. And I was touched tight. I was touched tight. He had his back to the goal. And then it was in. <laughs> he just, honestly, he just did something. I don't know what he did, but he did something, Benzema, where he just twisted him inside and out and bent it in the top corner. Like From having his back to goal in a swift second, he'd done something and bent it in the top top corner from about 30 yards out and it was just like wow these this is that's when you know though because I get that question a lot where people go is it really that you know the level that you were as a footballer and then you step up against the likes of say I've never played against Ronaldo or Messi but then it's like but that's what their comparison is you step up against them is it true that the levels are mad different and I never really used to think about that at that time but when we played France that 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 clicked in my mind and I was like yeah the level is just frightening, like mm. where they're at compared to, I always judge myself off other players. And when I judge myself on there, I did, shouldn't have even been on the pitch. That's the way I, you well, know, when ju- you're honest with yourself. That Jamaican team had some good players in. Oh, massively. We and had then- three or four Prem players in, but it was just, like I say, Benzema has been at Real Madrid for how long? Like, yeah. you know, Pogba there and Varane and, Evra was left back. I was up against Evra and I was quicker than him, but I always used to love playing against the fast ones because if they were fast, their positioning was awful. But if they were slow, their positioning was unreal because that's the only thing they had. So I used to hate against playing against those ones where the positioning were awful because every time I'd run them down the line, they'd position to take me out or get the ball or if I come inside, their positioning was good, or they'd be calling their right back, the, the left winger back to double up on me because you know they're experienced and talking to them. I used to hate it. Mm. So and that's that was not that ever needed the, the left winger to come back, but obviously he's experienced and everything. It was just so difficult to play against him. Um so yeah, there I would say those like decent. Not bad eleven, <laughs> is it? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I've just got a quick one for you. Um, could you give us a career highlight? Obviously, came came from Jamaica as a young boy, going back to represent. Would you would you say that would be up there for for one of your sort of career? Yeah, massive, massively. When I played for my country, it was unbelievable. But there's a quick story on it. Before that came along, my mum was trying to get me into Jamaica for years and years, and all that. No, no, no. Who's never heard of him? No, no, no. And it so happened that my adopted mum's Scottish, so. She was born in Kilmarnock and I was doing so well in Scotland. Craig Levine at the time that was the manager had actually rang me and said, look, we want to call you up to Scotland. Um, but obviously because I was adopted, there was so much more paperwork to go with it, um, with my mum's birth certificate and all that sort of stuff. She didn't have that to hand and we had to go to Scotland to get it. And by the time we would have done all that, he was like, well, we'd be too late. Do you know what I mean? So I missed out on that. Um, and then obviously that was in the pla- that was in the press, massively up in Scotland that I, I was potentially getting a call up and stuff. And lo and behold, a week later, Jamaica were like, we "Want you to play for us?" And I was like, "Go away! I'm going to play for Scotland." And obviously that fell through. And they were like, "No, please come on! Like, you know, we want you to play." And I just said, "You, you know, because I'm from there, you know, this is the country I wanted to play from from the very start. But you never ever wanted." wanted to take me on um, and then obviously putting that shirt on and 
standing there and doing the national anthem, that that pride there. Um, yeah, I would say that that's massively up there. Yeah. Well, I think I think we'll wrap it up, but um, it's been a pleasure and and listening to where you've come from to where you've got to, and then uh, I just wish you all the success in um, in everything you do. Um, you're a top guy. I, obviously, I just signed with Kendall, but uh, I wanted to kind of. We obviously spoke. But I wanted to to meet you, and I was just sold straight away on your drive, and 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 you're a proper football guy. Uh, I just loved, you know, being around you for them couple of hours, hours, and and by the end of it, I was like, yeah, this is this is for me. Um, and it just shows in this podcast where we've been talking for a few hours. Top, top, top guy. So uh, thank you, thank you from me. Yeah. yeah, look at that as well, Chris. Um, super, love listening to your story, mate. Um, I just hope the kids, you know, when they listen to it back, everyone comes from, you know, different backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. But football journeys are never one of, you know, simple journeys. You know, you have your ups and downs, and you know, just just the way you speak about your career with such pride and 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 what you're going to achieve. I just wish you all the success, you know, with Kendall and and, and beyond. Um, Hopefully, when this all, all gets put to bed, the COVID thing will come down and, and watch a game and grab a beer afterwards and say hello properly and have a proper catch-up with you, so it would be nice. Um, but, like I said, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us and uh, I wish you all the best with Kendall Town moving forward, mate. No, no problem at all. It's been brilliant. And like I said to you, Sean, before, like, I'm, you know, I'm all for this sort of thing because I think it's so important that... that um, that the kids hear it from from people that have had careers that even people that haven't because it's not even it's not even about football at this time do you know what I mean it's just about it's just about hearing yeah different people's stories and I remember the first lockdown I did I did a lot of um Instagram lives with all my friends and hearing their backgrounds and I got a lot of reaction on off it because people just enjoyed listening to to stories and people have the perception of footballers that they're this and that and the other don't realise what some, most, I think all footballers have a story. Um, mm. Everyone you know, we've spoke to has um, been the same. Yeah, it's know. just so important for kids that want to be a footballer or just look at footballers. They'll look at Ronaldo and go, oh, well, he's got an easy life, but they don't see what he's been through to get there. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so important that they, they understand from young that, you know, what it takes. You're in a, you are in a, the most ruthful, ruthful business, I think, um, out there. Um, and it's so hard to make it as a professional footballer. Um, but you know what? If you put the work in and you're willing to work hard, then like you say, like we've said, anything's anything's possible. So, yeah, it's just a... Uh, Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. No. Top man. Anytime. Anytime. Well, I'll speak to you soon anyway, mate. But, well, yeah. uh, thanks again. And, uh, yeah, spot on. You need to uh, sort you're yourself good. out as well. you got a big run on Thursday, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Getting fit, will you? Getting fit. <laughs> he doesn't I'm know like... what's coming yet. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, as no, soon as you has been cancelled. Do you think it'll be hard? Do you think it'll be hard? <laughs> <laughs> All that was a lie, Sean, you'll see. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've still got my yoga to do tonight that Lindsay sent. I've been... Uh... Anyway, anyway. Yeah. We'll right, spot on. Right. I'll see you later, okay? Cheers, Max. Right. See you later. See you later. See you. Bye. See you. Bye. See you.